Hello, I'm Rob Beckett. And I'm Josh Whittacombe. Welcome to Parents in Hell, the show in which Josh and I discuss what it's really like to be a parent, which I would say can be a little tricky. So, to make ourselves, and hopefully you, feel better about the trials and tribulations of modern day parenting, each week we'll be chatting to a famous parent about how they're coping. Or hopefully how they're not coping. And we'll also be hearing from you, the listener, with your tips, advice, and of course, tales of parenting woe. Because let's be honest, there are plenty of times when none of us know what we're doing. Hello, you're listening to Parents in Hell with... Lily, can you say Rob Beckett? Rob Beckett. Good girl. And can you say Josh Widdicombe? That's Good girl. Well done. More? Yes. Okay. Can you say Rob Beckett? Rob Beckett. And can you say Josh Widdicombe? <laughs> there we go. Nice. Can I guess where they're from? Surrey. Guess away. We've got no knowledge. Oh, okay. It's a shame, isn't it? Yeah, never mind. I'll get over it. Who is it? Uh, this is my two and a half year old daughter, Lily. Uh, I didn't see this coming, but she's now saying your names all the bloody time. Her baby sister is due in October. She's confident that Lily and Daddy have babies in their tummies as well. Oh, it's a bit weird. Bit weird. Oh, they've said that. When she keeps kissing my stomach while sitting in the trolley in Tesco. Love the podcast, guys. Thanks for keeping me sane on my journeys to work. Cheers, uh, Jamie. Is Jamie sat in the trolley? Is that the problem? <laughs> the way he's <laughs> yeah. written that is he's sat in the trolley with a big yeah. belly and he's the one kissing Bit weird it. when she's kissing my stomach while sitting in the trolley in Tesco. Yes, he is. Yes, yes Jamie okay, is sat yes. in the trolley. <laughs> okay. Uh, ten minutes, Rob. <laughs> quick ten. Quick, quick ten. Um, quick ten. How are you? You good? Shall I tell you my about going to a wedding sober? Yes, that's because you're, this is in preparation of you going to uh, Glastonbury, which will be next week. Yeah. yeah. So, positives and negatives to report. Go on. Um, now, obviously, Rose has done this when she was pregnant. And I, uh, I'd i say, obviously, there's always pregnant people at a wedding who have to do this, even though mm. they normally drink. And I'd say it is, uh, it is tough for them. <laughs> uh, well, the but, pregnant, pregnant people. The pregnant people, generally. Well, the those also, is, I've been a let me let me be clear about this. this is also magical. Yeah, so. yeah. Look, I won't say the look Lou had in her eye when she was pregnant was magical. No, no. I would say there was some. It, she did look possessed. Yeah, there was some sort of dark yeah. spiritual spirituality <laughs> sort of black magic. Yeah, black, black magic, magic, hocus pocus kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, there was. Yeah, she looked like she was under the spell of something. So the night before, they had people sleeping there and all that kind of you know like yeah. country manor kind of thing. Oh, lovely. There was, a pub quiz. Do I know who I've got married? Uh, you, well, you probably work with him, Danny Carr, who produces The Last Leg. Oh, yes, I know Danny. Yeah, he does a yeah. few podcasts. He's, he's produces, yeah. doesn't he? Yeah. Lovely uh, guy. So Danny and Lucy, who you might have met through, she works in TV. I don't know whether you... No, whenever I've seen him, he's always been with a woman called Monica. <laughs> Strange. Um, so... That uh, is a joke, by the, the way. The night before. Congratulations was, on your marriage. Do you know what? It was easy not to drink the night before. Yep. And uh, then the day in the morning, it was okay. And then I was staying in the same. Uh, <laughs> the morning. It was okay. The morning. It was fine. <laughs> but my favorite drink, Rob, of Go all on. time is the drink before the wedding. The exciting drink before the wedding. Yes. That is a good drink. That is an anticipation drink. So. <laughs> you, do, you do sound like somebody who's really missing it. No, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Okay. Don't, don't. All right, okay. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> fine. Alex Brooker was staying in the same place as us. So we drove to Tesco because we were going to have, we were like, we'll just have a, 
I bought I bought a bottle of um bottle of Schlaw. And he schlur, bought a bottle of rose. Schlur. Schlur is it Schlur? I think it's Schlur, not Schlaw. Yeah. Schlaw. So, that's like an American saying coleslaw. So then we um we went to wedding. He'd had his rose. I'd had my Schlur. Um the thing you find out, Rob, is no one gives a fuck. <laughs> no <laughs> one cares. you think Everyone's going to be worried about this. Everyone's going to think this is going to ruin the wedding. Everyone will be going, but Josh is no fun. I said this to Rose. No one cares about you, Josh. If I'll be as much of a laugh without a drink. She said, you're always a fucking nightmare. (laughs) What, if you have a drink? Yeah. (laughs) So they're actually relieved that you're not having a drink. It turns out I'm not the life and soul of the party that I thought I was, Rob. Well, that, no that, one yeah. gives a fuck, mate. No, not even with you drinking or not. What you're wearing, people get so stressed about what they're wearing yeah, to a wedding. No, no one cares. They're only worried yes. about what they're wearing and what no they're drinking. Did. I had a lovely time. It was totally fine. Six p.m. Totally fine. I, I know. I had a really That's, fun time. <laughs> how was the wedding? Totally fine, actually. No. I only spent six months planning it and thousands of pounds on it, but I found it fine. So I would have probably in the afternoon, but then at six p.m., Rob. I had a coffee and I absolutely accelerated into the evening. I right. was fucking buzzing. And get this, I was yeah. on the dance floor, absolutely going oh, for brilliant. it. That's good. Sober, loving it. Absolutely smashed it with my dancing. Had a great time. Was you a dancer when you drunk? Yeah, I was, but not really. I'd never really, you know, <laughs> this was out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. See, I'm not a dancer. No. Never dance. Get yourself a coffee down you at 6pm, mate. You'll be absolutely bouncing off the walls. Because well, we actually gave, we had caffeine tablets at my wedding that we yeah. gave out to people that were flagging around 8, 9 o'clock. Yeah, and then people yeah. end up staying till like 4 in the morning. Exactly, exactly. They're not caffeine tablets you're giving out, Rob. They, yeah. were, they were, they were caffeine tablets. They're yeah. what Arsene Wenger gave all the Arsenal players when he first Isn't arrived it? into the, U, at the UK. Oh, maybe. Not the exact yeah. ones from no, 1996. No, no, Ray Parler hadn't shattered out. He's probably the kind of person who would have put it up his ass for extra effects. Yeah, yeah a bit of fun. Is this what what is Swallow, not me, gaffer. <laughs> Boop, see you later. Au revoir. <laughs> anyway, there's the positives. I had a great time. The negatives. Come 12pm, I was the designated driver, Rob. Right, okay. Who are you dropping off? I didn't have a car. Oh. So I had to borrow. I was insured, obviously, on my friend's. She had a Porsche. Oh. I've never driven a Porsche sports car before because I'm not a complete wanker. <laughs> oh, you're going to really alienate all our Porsche drivers. Oh, come on, guys. Grow up. I had to do three separate journeys with the Porsche. I was like, I was ferrying people forward and back to the venue. Like, How many seats in the Porsche? Well, I can send you a picture of trying to get someone in the back of a Porsche. <laughs> So you're just ferrying people back and forward? Just ferrying people back and forth. I think that's from. a bit out of order. So this is what it's like to be in the back of a Porsche. <laughs> Whose foot's that? That's the person in the back. Is that Rose with her head in her hand? No, that's his wife. <laughs> so that's the person in the back and that's his wife. His foot looks broken coming through the middle. Surely there was a better car to use for this. No, because no one else had driven. She'd driven. So I had to drop her home. How far? Yeah. It was like a five minutes each way drive. What, to the hotel from the venue? To where we were staying. Right. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's fine. Yeah. yeah. And there was a police car also on this road that was sat there the whole time. And I thought, they're going to pick me up in a minute. I bet you'd love this, that. 
this Porsche going forward and back in the middle of rural Wales on a Saturday night or one. You set it off for your caffeine intake. Yeah, God, I hope, hope the breathalyzer doesn't bloody well clock my latte. Well, well done there, Josh. And there was, I imagine, no kids at this wedding. This was a kid-free wedding. No, kid-free wedding. So I'd say it was a huge success. Huge success. Way better than I thought it was going to be. Oh, that's so you're gonna have some, you're gonna have coffee at Glastonbury. I'm just gonna coffee it up before the Arctic Monkeys, mate. I hope Alex Turner has a coffee as well. I've been seeing some of the videos. He sort of sings quite slow now, doesn't he? <laughs> On a mirror ball. Um, wicked. Oh, any, any other news report? Or should we bring on our guest? Oh, we've done our 10 minutes, Rob. We've done our contractual <laughs> Stop 10 minutes. like that. <laughs> Sorry. But also, we've got such a big guest on today. Yes, we don't eat up It would time. be mad Hollywood. to do any more. Hollywood. Hollywood guest. Um, Hollywood it's, uh, guest. He's a soon-to-be dad, not a dad yet. Yeah, they saw a new thing, isn't it? It worked with Sean Walsh so well, the before and after. Yeah, They're going to start great. doing it. That's a very good way to do it. Um, yeah. We need to get some uh, expecting mums on as well. We've had well two we're, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to bag a Scarlet Moffat. Right. Okay, that's a good one. What, what? She said yes, and then asked for a phone number, and she didn't reply. Um, we'll follow her up, and we'll get her on. But uh, this is Jack White, who is currently on a huge UK tour. You can see him all over the place, and see him uh, all over the bloody shop. Very funny man, and uh, enjoy. Welcome to the podcast, Dad to Be, Jack Whitehall. Oof. Wow, Dad to Be, Dad to yeah. Be. <laughs> You were, you were 18 when you, you know, it was only yesterday you were hope, hosting Big Brother's Little Mouth, isn't it? Or Big Mouth type. Big Little Brother's Big Mouth. No, Big little Brother's, Brother's Big Mouth. Something like that. Yeah. Big Brother's yeah. little, little Brother's Big Mouth. Little Brother's Big Mouth. Big Brother. Are we in an old people's home? <laughs> <laughs> because how quickly it happens you become a dad. <laughs> you just you don't know anything. other dads and making lame jokes. <laughs> Do you know what it is though? Your brain, your brain runs out of capacity because you know like how busy and stressful like stuff is like admin wise. Like, yeah. you know, you've got to have your login for this. You're like, everything needs an account, doesn't it, these days? Whether you buy a, like a smart, we've got a smart watch or a Fitbit or Here whatever. Is. I'm, I'm a captain no. 60 year old. No, no, everything I'm needs a bloody Fitbit. password no, these days, no, doesn't it? No, <laughs> but and that's fine because you can sort of manage that. But when you have yeah. kids, they're too young to understand all that. So then you're operating a, 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 like, I've got two kids. I need to know three passwords for everything. So my daughter's Fitbit weren't working and it was like, login. I was like, why is your daughter got a Fitbit? She wanted a Fitbit, mate. I'm not like <laughs> cracking the whip, like, come on, get a move on, love. <laughs> 10,000 steps when you're not having your dinner. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that whole administrative side is absolutely terrifying because I just, I haven't got there yet with myself. I yeah, that's the worst bit for me. The I, I can do the, the hard yards of the graft. I moan, obviously, but the, the admin side, as they get a bit older, that's what I'm staring at. That, that, they want an iPad, and they've got to have an iCloud account and all that shit. I, I, I realise that my, my problem is, I, and I'm not blaming other people, but I'm blaming other people, is that I think I was just like, it's, it's institutionalised. Like, I went from nannies to boarding school like university then straight to big brother's big mouth and then fame and then there's like there was literally no room in any of that to like actually become a fully functioning grown-up and learn about are you britain's macaulay culkin (laughs) you're a child star i have the toxic parents that have my bank account do you know what i I need to we will i do need to mention your parents because they they cornered me at the Chelsea Flower oh, Show so to say how angry they are they haven't been on the podcast. 
I do, you, mean, do, you, do you think we should be getting them on, Jack? I mean, not only am I aware of that, but I'm aware of it because my mum called me this morning. No, she sorry, she texted me. She said, please, can you call me? Now, whenever she does that, oh. like, I know this is really morbid, but I'm like, my dad's, dad's dead. Yeah. Yeah. Dead. Yeah. 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 So I call her straight back. And she goes, apparently you're doing the Parenting Hell podcast. Well, we were going to be on that, but they bumped us. Probably for you. And, and I'm getting a load of earache about how I like got in there first on the Parenting Hell concert. I was like, I thought Daddy was dead. Like, don't expect me like that. That's why we didn't book them. We thought he was dead as well. <laughs> anyway, and th- well, that was the clue, is that the next one was before the podcast, if possible. <laughs> before the- so they could get a mention. Well, we'll have to get them on. We'll get them on. We'll get them on. So, you, yeah, you went, yeah, so you're, when's the baby's due? Baby's due. Well, here's the weird thing. The nurse got all shifty about the due date, and then she, I couldn't work out why, and then she was like, yeah, so the due date is going to be sometime between the 10th of September and the 12th of September. And I was like, there's a date in the middle there that you don't want to say for some reason. So we're pretty certain that the baby's due date is 9-11, but... <laughs> So September. So what's it now? What are we in now? June, July. You got a few, yeah. So you got a few months. Yeah. Are you prepping in your mind, or are you? It's not happening in your mind. Yeah. Yeah. Some days, like it's very real, and there is like, you know, I actively engage with it, and then other days it just feels like this sort of abstract notion that is going to happen at some point in the future. Yeah. <laughs> I flip between the two of those on a daily basis. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm probably going to start like baby proofing. You'll be all right for a bit because they don't move for a little while. The baby proofing's more when after about six months to, no, after about, a, you know, about a year yeah. when they're crawling. It's information that I would probably know if I'd read like a single book. <laughs> oh, don't bother reading a book. They're no. a fucking waste of time, mate. They're well, an apart from Parent in Hell, the book. Oh yeah, that's good. That's yeah. good. So you're you're on tour at the moment. Are you, so yeah. is this why you're getting you're doing the tour now? So that because there's normally a couple of years between tours, so that yeah. you can go back out and tour. So you're not missing the baby stage. I yeah yeah. Let's go with that. Or just complete happy accident. <laughs> <laughs> and not that the tour was put on and then the pregnancy <laughs> occurred, and I realised that uh, I was going to be on tour sort of right up until she. Uh, she bopped. So when's the tour finish? It's I've got a couple of dates in August, which are a little bit dodgy. Uh, but I'm yeah. So I'm doing. I finish in the UK in July, and then I do something like Canada and America in in August. And that's all right. Oh, That'll be all right. They feel a bit risky. Well, they normally go over babies. The first babies are normally late than early. Yeah. Did you know yeah. that? I'm very much. I'm. I'm sort of planning on that. Being the kids. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Because she won't be able to fly either, so she wouldn't be able to be with you. No. Because they can't fly after a certain stage. No. Yeah, yeah. Have you bought stuff? Um, we bought like there's some there's something upstairs. We also we have a tram already. <laughs> there's something upstairs. <laughs> it's like a mocking thing. It's called a cr- cuddle cradle something. Right, she okay. Today and that arrived. And I was like, what's this? And she's like, it's for your baby. I was like, oh, yes, yes, the baby, of course. It's the cuddle cradle. <laughs> it's a cuddle cradle thing. What's it called? Cuddle cradle? You don't know what it's called, do you? We've had a pram in our, uh, in our hall for the last, like, six months, which everyone's assumed was the baby's pram. And this was before we'd even told anyone that we were having a baby. So we're like, oh, are you expecting? We were like, no, 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 no. Um, that pram is actually the dog's pram because our dog um, had the, was spayed. 
And uh, so Roxy bought a pram for the dog to walk the dog back from the vets, which is like literally five minutes down the road. And like the dog couldn't walk for like two days, but she was like, we need to get a pram. So the dog has its own pram. So there is a dog's pram in the hall, which we've had. And I don't know whether that can be repurposed as a baby's pram. Is it a specific dog pram? I actually don't know. But we also have a dog papoose already. <laughs> like, Fuck so- off. A dog papoose? <laughs> yeah, there's a dog papoose. <laughs> no, there's not. Puppy, which there's uh, like a picture of me with the dog in the papoose, which is just the most emasculating image that oh I've ever Oh, my God. Um, Has Piers Morgan seen that? He'd have a field day with that. Would, he would not like that. It would be very triggering for Piers. But yeah, we have a lot of like sort of dog baby accoutrements. And I don't know whether any of them can be you know, like reused for a baby, but... What kind of dog? Have, what kind of dog have you got? Um, one of the l- ones that looks like it came out of Kinder Surprise. <laughs> um, it's a it's a cavapoo. So right. It's a, right. Dog papoose. I've just googled it, and it's one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen. Have you personally worn it? Have I worn it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but also, if you've got a papoose, why do you need a pram for a dog? Well, it, it grew out of the papoose. Are you worried about how the dog's going to react to the baby? Extremely, yeah. The dog is very protective, especially of like Roxy, and gets very jealous. Oh. So I'm worried about what what that's going to be like once the baby comes along. You could give the dog attention. That's the way you can. <laughs> that's what Rob did. Is it? Not Rob. Sorry, someone else we talked to. Sean what you Walsh. did, Rob? Sean Walsh. Sean Walsh, oh, Walsh yeah. did. Is it your dog or is it Roxy's dog? Whose dog is it? Is, is it your dog or Roxy's dog? Oh, it's our dog. Yeah. yeah we yeah, 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 a combined um, dog. Was that about yeah. a baby tester? It was. A, it was such a baby tester, and it was like it genuinely trained me up. And look, the reality is, it it definitely did the job because, you know, I I don't know whether I was necessarily in the headspace to think about having a, a kid, and I was definitely <laughs> not like a dog person at all either, really. And she was like, "I really want a dog. I think it'd be great." And she bought this dog, and I was like, "Fine, it's ridiculous, and it'll make you happy." And then we got the dog, and and then it slowly began to thaw me, and I was like, "Oh, I actually really like this dog, and it's really sweet. Now it sleeps on the bed, and like, oh. I'm affectionate with it." And I'm like, "Oh God, yeah, it's it's like." breaking me down my my icy heart is melting and yeah before you know it we're having a kid and it's a very good step if you want to train up your man well it wouldn't have worked with you rob because you've got a dog that you hate haven't you i don't hate my dog <laughs> i've got a dog jack but i for me it's bulldog it's a whippet it's a whippet perfect lovely great dog i love watching him run yeah, because he's away from you. That's what you like. You like just <laughs> not a big fan when he comes back. Um, we, also, well, got, well, it, a tra- he's not. You're not taking him to professionally, right? <laughs> well, I think I could. He's well fast. I nearly said he's like a whippet, but yeah, actually, he is a whippet. You know? <laughs> I've never had a whippet to say. You know, it's always <laughs> like a whippet. He's like, he is a whippet, Rob. Um, well, we've got we've got a cat as well, but the dog and the cat don't get on. But we've moved now. Historically, they've never been great bedfellows. No, if I know anything about dogs and cats, the cat, the cat is now a farm cat. What? It's basically he doesn't come back in. He just you lives. Remember? He just lives outside now. He doesn't no. want to come in. We just have to bring. We just put his food outside now, and he's just basically become feral. <laughs> is that is that allowed? Because they said you're supposed to keep your cat in for three weeks, and it, it just darted out straight away. So now I've got a cat, but he's never in my house. So is it really my cat? Or do, are you sure? Just, he's, are you, have you seen him? 
Yeah, and obviously he comes every night. I don't see him all day. And then um, at night, he pops in. He stands at the door. We open the door, refuses to come in. Then uh, I pop a bit of food out for him. He eats it and walks back into the woods. Oh, that's the saddest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> he seems to like it. Are there any natural predators in your area that um, you about? Nigel Farage lives near. <laughs> <laughs> is your cat? <laughs> he's a ginger cat. He'll be all right there. He'll be all right. Yeah, he'll be all right. Yeah, he'll be right. He don't mind gingers, does he? Gingers. They weren't on the poster, were they? Leading up to Brexit, oh, no. ginger people queuing. They're not taking our jobs. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jack, I was going to say as well at the moment, you look unbelievable. I'd say you're in, the hair is on point. I think yep. you're in the shape of your life leading up to having a child. So I think it'll be an interesting experiment, a bit like Tony Blair before he became prime minister, to see what yep. kind of effect and drop off being a dad will have on you. How, how, how do you deal with sleep? How do you deal with tiredness? Because we all remember how ripped Tony Blair was. Fucking hell, that boy. Yeah, great cheese on those abs in the uh, 97 election. Black hair, no grey at all. Yeah. He looked great. Yeah, I, that is definitely something that I'm sort of conscious of, is that I feel like I will slip into maybe some dad bod territory in the yeah. early yeah. bit, and I'm quite looking forward to that. <laughs> um, just giving up. Yeah. <laughs> really boring and annoying to have to try and maintain some kind of shape. And I only really do it if I have to be on screen, if I'm doing a TV show or a film or something. And yeah. Especially if I like know that I have to take my kit off, I'm like, well, probably be like good to try and make my body look slightly less grotesque. Did you take your top off for the dog film, Clifford the Big Red Dog? Did you take your top uh, off? No, not that? in that one. I was going to say, that's strange. That's the only one where I haven't uh, taken my kit off uh, because I guess it's a children's film and they didn't want to scare. Everything <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> else, I get naked. Uh, the, the last thing I did, there was a lot of nudity in it. Uh, What's that like as an experience, like filming those scenes? It's just quite like, this was the first one as well, where in the character description, when I got the part, it said that he pulls off his shirt to reveal rippling abs. <laughs> I, like, I read that and I was like, well, clearly they wanted someone else for this part. And it's yeah. gone through a couple of different iterations and they've landed at me, which it turned out, I think it had originally gone to like Kit Harrington or someone that had the abs already. And yet, able to do it so then it found its way to me but i was like i was quite i was quite like i don't know like stubborn on this occasion i was like i'm gonna do it do you know what i'm gonna because I'm gonna, they could rewrite that and they could change that stage direction which i've had before as well oh, where man. i've been cast and then i've reread the script and like references to muscles have been removed from the script and like put on any muscle mass this skinny little pale loser jumps in <laughs> yeah. I genuinely had this, this tiny cot prick. Tiny cot prick. My agent sent me a part once and he said, This part, oh, it's great, Jack. And it's honestly, it's like it was written for you. And I read it. And this character description was Schemo, a measly and pathetic heroin addict. I was like, oh, you're fired. I'm not a heroin addict. So, Oh, and it was quite quick off the back of that that I got this one that said rippling abs. So I was like, I'm going to do it. So I went to the gym like every day for like months and didn't eat a carb for, for fucking what felt like ever. And even after that, like I didn't get abs. I just really? like lost the tire around my gut. And I was like, this is just so boring. And also then they were like, 
You can get a body double if you want. Yeah, we'll just shoot everything with a body double because it's only going to be from the neck down the shots where we see the abs. I was like, fucking could have told me that before I didn't <laughs> like post for two months. That's horrible. <laughs> didn't so, eat toast. The old no toast diet. No toast. No toast. <laughs> so anyway, I think I'm just going to eat toast and mm. I'm going to enjoy like, and I can't wait to eat like not probably not baby's food, but like when they get a little bit older, like eating fish fingers and like, tea time and like gorging and like embracing the dad bod and then fuck it if i get a part where they're like you need rippling abs just get someone else in and shoot him from the neck down and exactly also cgi like all this shit that they can do (laughs) in a marvel film like you make people fly and put aliens heads on people put some abs on me it's like it's (laughs) so easy it's so (laughs) draw a couple of dots on my gut and then add some abs Um, Jack, I wanted to ask about the, you had a nanny growing up, right? And boarding school. Yeah. So what, what are you thinking for your kid? Is it, are you going to follow the trend of your family or are you going to, what's your plan? I don't know. It's very, with, you know, me and my girlfriend are from very different backgrounds. Um, I'm obviously nannies and boarding school and all of that nonsense. And we she's... should get her parents on to really fuck your parents off. That would be the <laughs> ultimate. <laughs> Let's get Roxy and then Roxy's parents and then the dog and then potentially <laughs> your parents. Yeah. They'd be all over that whippet chat. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so, they? Yeah, yeah. yeah, Roxy wasn't nannies in boarding school. What age did you go to boarding school? Uh, I went at 10. I had an all right time there because my brothers and sisters were there as well and, and made lots of mates and it was fine, but... I don't know. I have quite conflicting views about it. I think it would, I've right now the idea of it sort of slightly disconcerts me. And I know it definitely disconcerts Roxy. So we're yeah. probably not going to. But I'm not ruling it out. I mean, if the child's a real shit. <laughs> they can go at six, <laughs> mate. Like, yeah. There's a really nice one in the north of Yorkshire. <laughs> it's ripping. Ripping. See it again in three, three months. I, like, I went to one where I was like, I basically, I went to boarding school and I was back like every weekend and then they would come down and take me out for the, the weekend and I would see my parents all of the time and I was like an hour down the road. My dad went to one in the 60s where they literally just dropped him off at the train station and he got on a train to Ampleforth in Yorkshire and then didn't see his parents again for three months. It was insane. And he had his brother there as well. So I was like, well, that must have been comfort. Your brother was like, no, no, my brother didn't want to talk to me. Like whenever I came up oh. to him, tried to like, have yeah. a word with him, he pretended that he didn't know me because he was embarrassed that I was there. I was like, oh, that's nice. That's nice. It doesn't seem to have affected him though, does it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it doesn't seem to have an impact on Michael Wilde. He's so great with his emotions. <laughs> He's so gentle and <laughs> gentle. Is is that their first grandchild? Uh, no, they have a grandchild already. And how much are you going to be using them as babysitters? Yeah, they're, they're amazing. So my mum was a doula, so she's unbelievable with um, wow. kids, and is so like almost a do- too a doula. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, a doula. What's a doula? It's like a, like a kind of nanny, isn't it? Yeah, it's like a sort of. Well, it's like a cross between a nanny and a midwife. Right. What's a um. The people come and live in your house. An au pair. Au pair. What's an au pair? An au pair is usually from abroad, and they're they're kind of paid a lot less in exchange for kind of they get to live accommodation. in accommodation. Is that right? They're the ones that always end up having the affair with the husband, and then that. Yeah, I remember now. That's why we can't you make have one. money when you sell the stories <laughs> in the sun. Yeah. <laughs> so a doula's like a nanny, but a midwife, so like more medically trained nanny. Yeah. Right. Okay. So your your mum's going to be bang on it. 
She's gonna be bang on it. Yeah, she's been. Is amazing. she doing the delivery? <laughs> oh, that's too on it. That is too much. Oh, you get, you can get on with your in-laws. We don't want one taking something out of your vagina. No, no. I mean, I love Teresa, but I wouldn't want her to remove something from me. No, no. <laughs> Surely, Rob, if you got something stuck in your dick, and the only option was Teresa removed it, would you say you you're trapped? Yeah, and you've yeah, got totally. like something in trapped in your dick, uh, like a bramble. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I yeah. was going to go like a small miniature stapler. Okay, <laughs> small miniature staplers in your day. Or three M&Ms. Yeah, and yeah, your hands are tied down, so you can't get them. Yeah. And Teresa's there, and she says, do you want me to get them out? You, and, and, and they either stay there forever, or, she, or my mother-in-law removes three M&Ms from my penis. Yeah. yeah. I've got three M&Ms in my penis now. Really? <laughs> you couldn't just say, like, turn the lights off. And, and are they peanut <laughs> ones or just chocolate ones? It makes it worse, doesn't it, weirdly? <laughs> Yeah. Just saying out loud, turn the lights off. <laughs> <laughs> anything even creepier. I mean, well, and she actually, to be fair, she was a nurse, my mother-in-law, so she would be able to do it pretty well. I assume <laughs> that's still why you just suggested it. Yeah. <laughs> no, know, it I didn't know a... that Teresa was a nurse. I didn't know Teresa was a nurse, uh, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Can we stop talking about Teresa? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We should get her on before we get Jack's parents on. Oh, just, yeah. <laughs> just the list. <laughs> so that you think your mum's going to be a huge amount of help? Yeah, I think she will be very, very helpful. My dad is a little bit more hands-off. That He's quite affectionate with his granddaughter. It's quite funny seeing them together. He does the little voices and is very playful, which is very strange. Like this, this weird side to him comes out that you don't really see very often. I presume... When you were growing up, your dad was the authority figure and your mum was the kind of kinder figure. Mm. Do you think that that's... Where do you think you're going to fall on that scale? Yeah, I feel like Roxy will be better at, like, discipline and things like that. I feel like I will let a lot go. Um, I think I'll... I mean, I suspect even once the baby comes will be this sort of frustrating Peter Pan figure. <laughs> Is I get the impression you've not thought about it at all, Jack, apart from the headline. Am I giving that? Am I giving that? You, the headline is, I'm having a baby, and you've read n- not even, like, the first paragraph of the story. It's just, I'm having a baby, and it's coming in September. The worst thing anyone could tell me is that you don't need to read the books and it'll all be fine. Like, that's the worst thing to tell someone like me because I can take that, even if it's from a fuckwit. And I look at them and I'm like, you, wait, you've never even had a kid. <laughs> Yours is the advice that I'm taking. Not all of the other parents that I've spoken to and the sage advice that I've been given from people that actually have, like, collected wisdom and shared experience. I'm like, no, I'll take that one thing that someone said to me. Yeah, in the you don't need to do it. And exactly. your dad was older when was your dad older when he had you? Yeah, he was ancient. He was like fifty. Fifty. Yeah. How old is your dad now? Yeah, yeah, he's he's seven, he's eighty three. Blimey! So my, my dad's eighty next next year, and it is weird. It is weird when you've got an older dad. Like you just at school, you when they're so much older than all the other dads. And I don't know if you had it, but I used to be really worried that I just thought because when you're eleven and your dad's like sixty which, you know, 50 or 60, you're just like, oh, you constantly just think your dad's going to die at any point and it's horrible and it's really stressful. And then, you know, you get to like, I'm nearly 40 and he's still knocking about. And I think that was a waste of (laughs) work. What a waste of work. He's taking the piss now. Because I always always thought that I would be an old dad. I always assumed just because that was like my, my experience that I would also then wait and 
be like in my 50s or 60s and be or even older i mean in pacino and robert de niro are knocking them out yeah. in the record i know like, can, you can really like hold your nerve and <laughs> but yeah i never thought i'd be i mean like am i a young dad no i'm just like a normal age dad more active than my dad my dad did nothing he was the because he's i mean I, I think he wouldn't have done much even if he was younger but like all the sport and like a, anything active camping trips all of that was all my mom my mom used to take us on camping trips and my dad would come with us and he would stay in a hotel down the road because he didn't <laughs> want to stay on a campsite my dad my mom used to do that we really? went camping once my mom drove home 20 minutes to have a shower oh my and then went back and then came back to the campsite have you been camping, Rob, with your kids? I just don't think we're, we're ever going to go. I just don't think we're ever going to go. I went and I hated it. it. I hated camping. Did you? Yeah, awful. We went camping to Solcombe when we were kids and we arrived. My mom, my dad had intended to stay with us and he was. He said, I'm going to do it this time because my mom had been nagging him. And then he walked onto the campsite. Uh, he took one look at the lavatory facilities and he literally about turned and walked out and checked himself into a hotel down the road. So he in and actually, like it was honestly, of all of the holidays that we had as kids, was the most harmonious. It was great because we could get him dip out of his madness, like just see him for dinner and have a little bit of him and then go back to the campsite and like have fun and not be under his like watchful gaze or glare. And, uh, but then I remember that there was some, uh, consternation when my sister Molly, uh, had a little bit of a holiday dalliance with a local Ooh. lad called Roy, Whoa. uh, who, Roy. Whose, whose family Whoa. ran the, um, uh, camping site and he Ooh. lived in a caravan on the campsite. Me and my brother took great delight in relaying that to my dad. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you, you feel like you're going to be a totally different dad because you're so much, you're much more chilled and silly. Where your dad's obviously quite stern and sort of strict and serious. Like, what you, from what your parents, how they parented, what do you think you're going to take from them, and what are you not going to do? Yeah, I mean, I think I take, yeah, I definitely take a bit from both of them. My mum was like very, she's like gung ho and adventurous and says yes to everything. She's so sociable. She like was always encouraging us to be sociable and giving, giving us like confidence to, to kind of do things and going on like wanting to do like adventurous holidays and being really active. And then he was like much more kind of like, I don't know, just like reserved and a little bit stricter. And I think somewhere in between is probably a happier place to arrive at. <laughs> like they're both quite, they're both extremes and I say I'll probably like fall somewhere in between those two. Um, but like, I, I mean, I definitely like one thing I'm like very conscious of is like wanting to be a little bit more like present and I don't know, I just work a lot and I feel like I'm really keen to, to make sure that like, especially in those early months that I'm there and I'm around and I'm not like yeah. distracted and I know what I do. Cause I could just like, I'm like, oh, I'm going to, I'll, I don't know write this script and I'll do another series of this or whatever. And I, I, I could just cram my diary the minute it gets empty and I'm like, just fucking leave it just for once, just leave it. That's the one thing that I'm really like keen to do and make sure that I'm like there and enjoying it. What have you got after the tour then? What's coming up? I did this film is, I mean, it's not one of the great works of art called uh, uh, mother's day, which is um, 
like uh, a Gary Marshall film where he did Valentine's Day, New Year's Day, and then he did Mother's Day. And uh, that was, again, that was a part that was genuinely written for me because I read it and it was like, English stand-up comedian. <laughs> I, was like, I think I can probably do that. Uh, and uh, the, the storyline was that my character had a baby and he was entering into a stand-up comedy competition. And then at the last minute, like, the babysitter pulls out and he has to take the baby comedy club and he goes up on stage and does a set with a baby in a papoose on his chest and so uh i had to do that and then in the script there was this whole sequence where halfway through the set the baby shits itself and i have to take the baby out of the papoose and change its nappy whilst i'm doing stand-up comedy it was and was it a real baby when you did it yeah, a real baby it was twins so it's like on stage oh, one man. twins so they swap them in and out and how and was that with the baby it was weird. Well, the weird bit was that I arrived there and like, firstly I had to like write this fake stand up set about having become a dad, which I should probably dig out. Cause now I could probably use some of the jokes. But <laughs> <laughs> I had to go up and try it as well, because I wanted it to obviously work as like a stand up routine. Yeah. Yeah. Go up in comedy clubs and like road test it. And everyone would be like, why is Jack pretending to have a child? And like none of the jokes made sense, but I wanted to like, just make sure that they sort of, like you know were landing so that that was weird and also again completely pointless because then on the day i went and did the jokes and there was like a first ad standing there in front of this audience that was made up entirely of extras going laugh laugh, <laughs> laugh. and i was like oh, okay well <laughs> that was pointless have you got him on tour he'd be great yeah, i was like can you come with me <laughs> in peterborough on a tuesday night um and then yeah so i had to go and practice changing a nappy and so they said, well, we go around to the stage mom's house and she'll give you a sort of lesson. So I arrived at this woman's house who I'd never met before, went in, a little bit of small talk and then got to it, just started changing shitty nappies. Oh my God. And got like this, like, you know, crash course in how to change a nappy and became, I was quite good at it by the end and nailed it on the day with a take that I had to do, whipped the baby's legs up, got the nappy off chucked it off whilst doing one-liners to an audience full of terrified extras that were being barked <laughs> And, uh, yeah, went through all of that and then watched the film and they cut the entire sequence. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, great. So I just changed a child's shitty nappy and learned to do that skill for no reason whatsoever, although now... Now, now it's going to... Do you think you could do it now if it came to it today? I feel it's like the, the bit with the legs and the... Yeah, I think I could. The bit with the legs. Like pulling M&Ms out of a cock. It's a skill that you never lose. <laughs> also, as well, if you, the kids go, well, why did that man come and change our nappies when we were younger? Oh, it's for a film. Can I see the film? No, it doesn't exist. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was cut from the... So there's no proof yeah. that there, there was a reason for this. Just Jack Wattle come and wipe my ass five times and then left. <laughs> Oh dear, it feels like that might come back to haunt me. Did you have to wait around for him to shit? I know, but I seem to remember, like, I think, I think the intention, or certainly in my head, was that I was not going to be changing a full nappy. But when I arrived, she very excitedly told me that one of them had a loaded nappy. <laughs> Do you think you'll become one of those stand-up comedians that... I didn't think I'd be, and I'm not sure whether you did, Rob. I thought I'm never going to talk about being a dad. I just can't see it being part of my career. And now, obviously, here I am. Do you think you're going to... This is your last tour where you're not going to be talking about nappies and doulas. It's hard. It's impossible not to, though, isn't it? Because it's just, like, become such a dominant part of your life. And with a stand-up, you'll just, like, take any 
anything you can as a source of material. So I don't know, this tour definitely feels like it's the last tour of me. I don't know. Like there's a couple of anecdotes that I do about fucking idiotic stories of drunken hijinks. And then I just stop myself halfway through and I'm like, wow, this has got to stop. It just feels like it's going to get so tragic very quickly. I need to just get these out of my system now because I can't be coming on here as a dad in my mid thirties and telling stories like this, but yeah, it feels like quite a transitional show. <laughs> shall, I, uh, shall I Steve write the dates, Rob? I'll do it at the end. I'll do it at the end. Some of the dates, you are so, you know, you say, Steve, write them now. You can't stop filling, you can't stop filling your diary. So you're doing 13th and 14th of June in Brighton and 15th of June. Yeah. Then the 16th, you go to Bournemouth where you do an early show and an evening show. Yeah. Then you do Leeds the next day, Leeds the day after, Glasgow the day after that, Sheffield the day after that, Manchester the day after that, Nottingham the day after that. You haven't got a day off. Yeah, but Newcastle the day after that, Manchester the day after that, Liverpool the day after that. And then after then Liverpool, you have I fly to, no, no. And then I fly to LA to do the uh, premiere of the after party. And then I yeah. fly from LA to Las Vegas and I do the Wynn Casino in Las Vegas. And then I fly from Las Vegas to Cardiff, to do Cardiff on the Tuesday night. Then you do Cardiff, then you do Nottingham the night after, Thursday night off, then Birmingham, Birmingham, Cardiff, back to Cardiff, Cardiff again. Then the next night, and I'm glad you fit this in, landed, no? Why is Landindo in there? Where's that come well, from? I had three days off. And then I was like, I think I want to like not stop doing the show for three days because I'm recording my special on the Friday. So I was like, just get me some theatre shows so I can start like tweaking it and getting it ready for You've done you've done about 60 nights in a row already, Jack. <laughs> I know, but like <laughs> you don't know come in and like, oh, you can't do that, and then I'll have to start tweaking it. And so I don't know. I just like I I wanted to stay match fit. So wait, where are you so filming? Land did know York and Wolverhampton, and then you filming at the O2 on Friday, the fourteenth of July. Yeah, it was a toss up between Landudno and the O2 for the special. Yeah. <laughs> they pushed for the O2. <laughs> no. Three nights at the O2 to finish, and then two nights at the Edinburgh Festival. Yeah, yeah. I had a load of jokes about um, living at home and like how when I was living at home with my parents, like having sex when you're in the same house as your parents is really fraught. And I used to love doing that routine. It was great. And then I was like, oh my God, that's going to work with the same thing as having a baby in the house and having yes. to have sex yeah. quietly yeah. with a baby. I'm like, oh, I can polish off some of that classic <laughs> 2015 bands. <laughs> That's the that's the problem as well. Like, because we've both got dads that are older that had kids in like late forties and fifties. Is that everyone thinks their parents don't have sex anymore, and you sort of like to think, oh, they probably don't have sex anymore, or whatever. You know, like as they get older, old people don't have sex. But you know, if your dad's having kids at fifty, they're still banging at eighty. That's just it's in, it's just some people are built different. I didn't think my dad was having sex until sex. I spoke to him. Until I spoke to him about the coronation and heard the way in which he spoke about Penny Morden walking down that abbey with the sword. And I mm. thought, fuck me, he probably had sex with my mother that night. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I've never heard a man so excited. He was like palpably frothing with excitement. And I was like, oh my God, my poor mum that night. <laughs> 
<laughs> your mum being forced to hold a sword. Yes. A makeshift sword he'd ordered from Amazon Prime. Hillary, turn off the lights and put on Zadok the priest. <laughs> <laughs> Hillary, there are M&Ms down there. <laughs> Release them. Not M&Ms, those are kidney stones. <laughs> So um, when we had Sean Walsh on before he had a kid, we asked him a few questions um, that we thought we'd then play him back the next time he had something to promote, so he came on. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Uh, So, Jack, how do you think you'll deal with the lack of sleep? I think I will be fine with the lack of sleep because I am one of those annoying people that can sleep anywhere like any time of day like i can i could sleep now like i could sleep standing up i can sleep on a train i can sleep and you sleep with your eyes open as well don't you my eyes open so always ready so always ready i could be sleeping now (laughs) (laughs) we've had a couple of guests where it's borderline (laughs) yeah i'm i'm i think so i i'm confident and i'm really my colours to the mast here, but I think I'm going to be fine with the sleep thing. That's such a skill that to, to yeah. be able to do that. That I've, I've had to learn to do that in cars when you get somewhere. Like if it's busy, you get in a car, and I, like just immediately, I can immediately yeah. nod off. I'm a real mouth breather as well. Uh, so whenever I do sleep, it's like I open. Yeah, catching flies. Yeah, I do that like noise. You know? yeah. <laughs> one, and you start half wake up, and then like the Uber yeah. driver's like looking at you in the mirror. <laughs> what what do you think the most difficult thing will be then about becoming a new parent? I think probably the the discipline aspect of it, not like being sensible and making sort of smart decisions. I feel like I would just be like, yeah, go on, do whatever you want, and eat at McDonald's every day. I love McDonald's; it's great. <laughs> you probably can't do that. <laughs> just get McDonald's. Things like that. Just like giving the kid the phone, like I feel like I would be, I'll be like, yeah, yeah, watch whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. uh, I was, I'm, I was so judgmental of people like that before I had kids, and now it's two iPads out at the dinner table, hundred percent on holiday, hundred percent. Ideally, four iPads out at the dinner table. <laughs> so no, even the adults don't have to talk. Taking <laughs> your baby to a festival? Oh no, I haven't done that. I can't. I don't see the point. Yeah, it looks a bit weird, but then I do really like festivals. Yeah, but then again, yeah, but it's not, you're, not, yeah, but you are, you're not at a festival if you've got your baby. It's like, would you thing. go to the festival if you just broke your leg and you was on crutches, mm, even if no. you really like them? I went, yeah. after, I went like literally the day after running a marathon on no training because I really wanted to go to a festival and I'd committed to doing this charity marathon. And it was an it was so annoying. This friend of mine, he was doing this thing and he was like, right, it's a charity thing. I'm running three marathons, then I'm rowing the channel, then I'm cycling the length of France, and then I'm driving the Matterhorn. I was like, oh, very good. Not driving, climbing the Matterhorn. Okay. To be fair, to be fair, he's done enough. I'd drive it all if I were you. <laughs> Um, I'm not the channel normally I'd be like okay fine yeah just where's the just giving page but he was like I really like people are going to be helping me along the way there's gonna be lots of other people involved you're my best friend I was like the best man at his wedding I couldn't not help out and he was like you need to do one section of it and I was like what's the easiest section and he went well probably of all of those things one of the marathons would be the easiest 
And I was like, well, if that's easier than rowing the channel or cycling the length of France, I'll do that. Like, when is it? And he went, well, it's here. And I was like, oh, I was meant to be going to a festival that weekend, but I'll come and do the marathon and then I'll go to the festival. But I'm not doing any training uh, because I'm just doing this as a favor to you. So I turned up and they were doing three marathons back to back. I pitched up to do the third marathon because I was like, if I do the third marathon, they'll all be exhausted because they've just run two marathons the day before. And then I'll be able to do it at a canter. I'm not going to like look like an idiot. So I start doing the marathon and it's really hard, like baking hot. I haven't done any training. They are way fitter than me. So they are really like still able to like pound it. And I'm trying to keep up with everyone. And then halfway through the marathon, he fucking thorns over to me. And he's like, oh, by the way, um, we have had to slightly reroute it. So uh, it's, it was going to be sort of left and up over the hills here, but we're just going to go straight because there's a little bit of a detour. I was like, oh, why is that? And he went, well, because on the first day, there was some road closures. So we missed out a couple of sections. So we are adding a couple of miles onto this one. Just so we <laughs> don't like, like, Yes, well, you know, it's normally 23 miles. This one's going to be 28. I was like... Are you joking? So now I'm running an ultra marathon on no training. Like, I got to the end of it. And I was like, I was I was catatonic, but I think I'd entered like a huge state where I was like, I, I think I'm all right. And I obviously like was, you know, pumped up on adrenaline and all of the fluids and 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 like sachets of things that they give you and as you're on it. And I got to the end and I sort of collapsed. I was like, I'm fine. I'll just just stick me in the car, send me to the music festival. So I got straight into a car, having run an ultra marathon, <laughs> drove four hours in a car with my legs like cramping up. <laughs> I passed out in a tent. And then the following day, woke up in the middle of the festival. I was like, oh, right, okay, let's go and enjoy some music. And I got up and I literally couldn't move. Like, my was like, oh my God, what's happening? Run a fucking ultramarathon yesterday, you idiot! And they, I, it was like weekend at Bernie's. They had to like hoist me up, my friend, beat me into the mosh pit, and it was it was the most horrible experience I've ever had. Well, that's teed you up lovely for a baby at a festival. Yeah. <laughs> How quickly did you do the, the the marathon? How long did it take? Oh, I did it in like <laughs> 10 hours. <laughs> I got overtaken by the guy in the deep sea diving suit. <laughs> oh, oh, Jack, well, good luck. We'll have you back good on. Good luck with everything. Once yeah. you've had the baby. Lovely to chat to you guys. Cheers, Jack. Lovely to have good you luck on, Jack. Mate. Good luck with everything. I feel like I'm ready now. You're not yeah, ready. You're, you're, I'd you're say totally probably, you are one of the least ready people I've ever spoken to. Bring on 9 11. Bring on the 10th to the 12th of September. Yes, yes. When the Same. baby's due. When the baby is due. Um, good luck, mate. Good luck to you and Roxy. Send her our love and uh, we'll speak to you soon. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the tour, mate. Bye. Speak soon. Jack Whitehall there. Um, I, I don't bloke. think he's... I love Jack. He's a really good guy. Um, for someone who's so successful, arena tours, Hollywood films, he's still properly chilled and Jack yeah. Whitehall that he's always he could, been... He could be a c but he's not. No, he's, he's... Yeah, almost should be as well. It's almost like, come on, mate. <laughs> come on, mate. <laughs> But you shouldn't be talking to us. <laughs> Fucking hell. Well, no, but also he's like, he, he go, you know, when you see him at gigs and stuff and he's always really yeah. generous and welcome. He's a really good guy. And yeah. um, I think he's got, he literally hasn't thought about having a child at all yet. No. I, it, <laughs> I did feel like um, I was interviewing him about what it's going to be like to be an OAP. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. In terms of how 
divorced it was from his current but you can't you experience. can't you can't be doing an arena tour and filming a show for netflix and be thinking about other stuff where actually there's no point thinking about it until it comes is there yeah is exactly. it the reality of it but um yeah I'm, I'm excited to hear how it goes for him because yeah i think he's in for a bit of a shock and uh, just to repeat, July the uh, 12th is landed now. Oh, landed July now, the yeah. Top. And then he's yeah. uh, in the, uh, at the O2 on his tour. Yeah, the O2 mopping up if, you've, if you miss out on the London no tickets. Um, anyway, well, I'll see you on Tuesday, Josh. See you on Tuesday. Bye. Bye.